Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. You know, my message today is entitled, Your Faith. Our lives have been built around faith. When we first got married, we had a, we began to believe God for things. In fact, when I first got saved, I began to believe God for things. And I found that, you know, there's something very powerful about faith. And, you know, I see so many times that uh, people tend to feel like they have lack of faith. You know, everything that me and Luann have uh, that's been substantial or good to our lives, we really had to believe God for. Sometimes things don't come easy. You got to believe God. You know, the first thing we believed God for was uh, we believed for children. God wanted to have, Luann wanted to have children, and we couldn't have children. He had a barren womb. And we knew that from the doctor's reports. But we began to believe God, and God gave Luann a ring of word, and uh, we had Brooke and Brandy. Miracle, amen? Just had to, through faith. In fact, we counted up last year, I think, that women that she's prayed for the last few years, I know it's more than that last year because some helped this year, but we counted up 63 women that had barren wombs that got pregnant and have children. In fact, the, ver- <laughs> the very first one graduated from high school last year. Yeah. Amen? So she's got the anointing. So if you, don't, if you don't want to get pregnant, don't get near her. She prayed for a lady in first service. Amen? But it's all become a faith. You know, we, our business, we started it by faith. We operated by faith. We believe God for finances and faith. We, you know, God has been good to us. It's because of faith. Amen? We required the ranch by faith. This church was birthed by faith. So, you know, it, we, we are faith people. And, you know, I love to preach and teach on faith. You know, so many people say, well, you know, Pastor, we just don't have the faith like you have or Miss Luann has. I won't tell you you've got the same faith. Amen? Let me tell you that you have the very same faith. Don't get religious on me now. But you got the very same faith that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, had. Very same faith. Same Holy Spirit. You didn't get a downsized, revised model of the Holy Spirit. You got the very same thing. Years ago on my birthday, we, we were invited to spend the afternoon with Dr. Oral Roberts in his home with uh, four other pastors. In fact, Todd Beatty was one of them. That's how we got acquainted. And uh, I remember him saying this to me. He said, oh, to us, you know, he laid hands on us and parted uh, the gifts on us and uh, prophesied to us. But he said that your mind has limits. We know that. <laughs> you know, we, we, we limit things we, we, because we can't believe we're so analytical, we can't believe something. We've got to try to figure it out. And he says, your mind has limits, but the Holy Spirit that lives inside you, come on. How many has got the Holy Spirit living inside you? Amen? Did you know he has no limits? God the Father, God the Son, and the, and the Holy Spirit. He has no limits. So if he has no limits, all things are possible. Amen? Even it can rain in Amarillo, Texas. That's possible with God. <laughs> Amen? But then Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit inside you. And so this morning I was thinking about um, 
Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says that, oh, that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Let me know that scripture. And you know, I know there's little faith, big faith, great faith. Jesus talked about these things. No faith. I, you know, I, I believe even the unbelievers have faith. We operate, we operate our lives in faith. And oh, I was thinking about that, and I heard God say this. You know, it, the measure. You know, we think about, well, oh, Pastor Luann was given a huge measure of faith. And you think, little me, I got itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny faith. But you know, he's not talking about that kind of measure. He says, man, the measure of faith. You didn't, you didn't get limited faith. We got the same measure. And, and I heard God say this. It's like, you know, I don't drink coffee. I drink Starbucks mocha, foo-foo coffee. And I put three stevias in mine. You know, some people, they, you might require one spoonful of sugar. That's a measure. And maybe you require two or three. Or maybe you're really sure you might put four or five. But those are all different measures. But sometimes you need the one scoop to get over a cold. Sometimes you need three scoops. Come on. A measures of faith to get over cancer. Come on. So I'm going to talk today about your faith. You got your Bibles turned to Mark chapter 5. I'm going to start in verse 24. I'm going to read to you out of the uh, Passion Translation. Jesus just come back across the, the, the lake there and setting free a d- demonic oppressed man. And uh, he's met there by a huge crowd. And, you know, everybody want to be around Jesus. Amen. That's why you're here today. <laughs> be around Jesus. Aren't you glad he's here? I feel his presence right now. I really do. I, I mean, we won't have church today. You know, he... Uh, a man called Jairus come to him. He says, oh, Jesus and my daughter is near death. I know if you just go lay hands on her and pray for her, she'll be healed. And it starts off in verse 24. It says, so Jesus went with him. And the huge crowd followed, pressing him on all sides. Now in the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horribly from her continual bleeding for 12 years. She had endured for a great deal under the care of various doctors, yet in spending all she had on her treatments, she was not getting better, but worse. When she heard about Jesus' healing power, she pushed through the crowd and came up from behind him and touched his prayer shawl. For she kept saying to herself, if only I can touch his clothes, I know I'll be healed. As soon as her hand touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it. For she could feel in her body if she's being instantly healed of her disease. Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him. For he felt the power always surged around him and passed through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples answered, what do you mean who touched you? Look at this crowd. They pressed up against you. But Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd looking for the one who had touched him for healing. When the woman who experienced the miracle realized what happened to her, she came before him trembling with fear and threw herself down at his feet saying, I was the one who touched you. And she told him her story of just what happened. 
Then Jesus said to her daughter, because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Go in peace in your heart and be free from your suffering. You know, uh, faith takes courage. You know, this woman, uh, she had the issue of blood. In other words, she had a menstrual cycle that had been going on for 12 years. And in that culture, the Jewish culture, it was improper for a woman that had that issue of blood once a month. She was not allowed out of the house to be around people. And I know they didn't have the conveniences we had today, but she just couldn't be out. It was, it was just culturally wrong. But here's this woman that had, I'm sure she'd been in pain because of it. I'm sure she was anemic because of it. I'm sure she was even maybe depressed about it. I'm sure that, um, like I said, that she'd went from doctor to doctor to doctor, and she spent everything that she had, and she didn't have any more, more doctors to go to. Thank God for doctors, but thank God for Jesus too. Amen? And um, so here she is. You know, she's had heard about Jesus, and all of a sudden she thought, man, I think if I could just get to Jesus, if I could just get to Jesus. So she thought, I don't care what nobody says. I don't care if they throw stones at me. I don't care if they call me ugly names. I don't care if they push me down. If I can just get to Jesus, I know I can get healed. And so, you know, it took courage for her to get out of her house and do that. She's a single woman. You know, we were in Uganda last time, three years ago, and there's this uh, lady named Rachel. And uh, she came to service with a friend of ours that we knew. In fact, it's Pastor Henry's sister's best friend. And she was a divorced lady. And she came down and, uh, for prayer altar call one day. And uh, she told Luann, she said, I've had a uh, continual menstrual cycle for five years. One 12 years, but five. That's a long time. I don't know, five weeks be a long time, I think. Thank God I'm a male. And uh, so uh, Luann ministered to her and prayed for her. And, you know, she checked her out later that day and found out that the beating had stopped immediately. It's like this, like just, and we just, I just checked, not, I said three years ago in the first service, I checked, oh, maybe a year or so, about a year ago, how Rachel was. I didn't talk to Rachel. I don't have her number, but I talked to uh, her friend, and she said, no, or, and Pastor Henry, no, she's, she's, has normal menstrual cycles now. Amen? But took courage. You know, I, you know, I, this lady right here, I believe, but because her need was greater than her reputation, that this was an act of courage. You know, when your need is greater than what you think others will think about you, you know, isn't sometimes we, you know, I always, when I give an altar call for salvation, I always have everybody um, look around and look around. I don't like this deal. I used to do it all the time, like a lot of preachers do, you know, pray for salvation. You know, Everybody close your eyes really tight. Nobody looking. If you receive Jesus, raise your hand. I thought there, there's no commitment on that. We're ashamed. You know, sometimes we're ashamed. To, we have a problem. You know, I remember I had a word of knowledge one Sunday. Oh, I, I, there's somebody here, and you have an incurable kidney disease. And God's healing you right now. Just come down. Nobody responded. I thought, man, I, I missed that one. Well, after service, I walked out in the foyer, and this lady came up to me. She said, she said, um, I'm from Oklahoma. I, just, I was coming by. We came down to see the play at Texas, saw your church. We decided we'd stop in and go to church this Sunday morning. 
And she said, I have incurable kidney disease. And she said, I, I should have come down. I said, well, you should have. But see, sometimes it's a little hard to think, well, what, what if somebody else thinks? What my husband thinks? What my wife thinks? What my person sitting next to me thinks if, if I go down for prayer for, for something? So, you know, if you'll just get up and do what you think you couldn't do because of your faith, I believe God will do something. You know, we had uh, used to have Jesse plants here on a yearly, yearly basis on Sunday nights, and um, he preached one Sunday night here and, and had a, probably six, 700 people in the service, and we were packed. And um, he, gave, he gave an altar call of salvation. hundred some odd people were down here. And I looked over here, and I saw a guy I'd never seen before, tall guy. And he was looking at me. He gave me that look, you know, like, you know, not like, hello, or I'm here. It's like, I need to talk to you. So I just walked down there, and when I got there, I could see what I couldn't see when I was standing there, but his wife was sitting in a wheelchair. I know some of your DJ, he said he was here. And he, in fact, he's one of the ushers. And so I visited with her, and she had a car wreck. She'd been paralyzed for 12 years from waist down. Had a big smile on her face. Talking about your faith. And uh, I said, how can I pray for you? And she said, I think if somebody just told my purse, I'd get up and walk. And I said, honey, give me your purse, big purse. She got out of her wheelchair, and I think I gave, just gave her my hand, she got up. She walked back to back, and then she walked back down. Next time she ran the back, she ran back down. They were from out of town, never seen them before. Amen. Wasn't, I didn't pray for her, didn't lay hands on her. It was just her faith. You know, I think the man, remember the story Oh, Mark, where it talks about the man that his friends took him to the top of the house there and they tore the roof off and let him down and he got healed. You know, I, I think he probably might have said the same thing. I'm kind of reading between the lines. I think he just said, guys, you know, if you'll just give me that house that Jesus is preaching in, you know, I, I've been hearing about Jesus, been, people been getting healed. I think mean, if you'll just give me that house and get me inside and get me in front of Jesus, I, I think I can get healed. <laughs> and I believe he did. We know he did. In fact, the Bible says that the power of God was, was present there to heal everybody. Did you know the power of God is present here today to heal everybody? I don't care how it is, how bad it is, how far gone it is, or how little it is, or how humongous it is. The power of God is still here. It's not limited. It's not, it hasn't washed out. It's still here. Amen? You know, there's some people who just tell you, you know, when you try to get in faith, you know, they'll tell you, you know, Honey, just don't, don't get real. You know, you got to be real. You know, you have cancer. We got doctors. We got, we got, we got surgeons. We got this. We got all kinds of things. You know, I, I, I believe in doctors. I believe doctors sometimes are God's access to get you healed. But, you know, I think it, it's always God's will to heal every time. I know God don't heal every time, but I know it's God's will to heal every time. Because I can't find anywhere in the Bible where Jesus uh, didn't heal. Just turn, I don't want to heal you. Go on. It's too hard. Go on. It's always God's will to heal. You know, but sometimes people say, you know, don't set yourself up for disappointment. Don't be a fanatic. I remember, you know, we were, I'm pretty mild-tempered now. I mean, mild-mannered. I used to be pretty 
fanatical. Amen? You don't believe me. I was a wild child. I mean, I get a fence post healed. But, oh, I remember when we, Luann said, I, doctor said I have a barren womb, I can't get pregnant. And I said, well, I don't think that's God's report. You know, barrenness is under the curse, not under the blessings. And I said, let's just believe God. So Luann gets up in the middle of the night, and God gives her a scripture that he makes the barren woman the keeper of the house and mother of children. And she just grasped on that like a bulldog and said, that's mine. I heard God say that to me. That's just, I didn't read it off the book. I didn't memorize that scripture. It just rose up inside me. And God said, I'm speaking to you now. You're no longer a barren woman, but you're a mother of children. And you're the keeper of the house. Amen? Well, we went through oh, three miscarriages, or she did. And we heard friends say, well, you know, maybe it's not God's will for you to have kids. We had oh, relatives say, oh, you know, don't set yourself up for disappointment. Don't go through another miscarriage. You know, maybe this, maybe God has another way. We had pastors tell us, you know, you know, we, we can get you a, a child. We can, you can adopt. I, I'm not against adoption. You know, that's good. But I believe, you know, if you're a woman, God created you not to be barren. And, you know, um, we just kept believing God. You know, faith is an environment. You know, I, I think there's places that, the atmosphere is an atmosphere. I mean, there's places that, that just packed with atmosphere of faith. You know, camp meeting is an is atmosphere of faith. I remember um, one year at camp meeting, Dwayne just had a knee replacement. And I went over there. We had a huge crowd at the altar that night. And I laid hands on, on one person. I think five people fell out at one time and fell right on top of Dwayne. And Dwayne screamed and hollered. It was real. <laughs> and we got him over to his seat there, and we, we got up, and his knee, I wish I had a, a blackboard, but it went. See what I'm saying? It wasn't like this. It was. And he was hurting bad. He said, I, I bent it and broke it. Popped it out. We just laid hands on him, and all of a sudden, we watched with our eyes. That thing just come right back into place. Amen. Daisha, Daisha came to camp meeting one year with, with uterine cancer and couldn't have kids. Guess what? She got healed at camp meeting. Come on. I mean, if you, if you got healed at camp meeting, just stand up. Amen? Look here. Look here. Look here. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. But it's, it's just that, you know, somebody say, you know, why do you think, why do miracles happen at camp meeting? And I said, well, I think it's just, you know, expectation. And expectation is just hopeful confidence. That's faith. And I think people just go to camp meeting because it's a set-apart time. See, it's no different this Thursday night. It's a set-apart time. So don't miss it. Third plug. Sign up today. I, I think it's just that atmosphere. You know, I, I've been in churches where it's just packed. It, the, the, the faith is just it's just like you can cut it with a knife. The atmosphere is so full of faith. You know, I, I preached in Restoration Church last Sunday, and I'll tell you about some things that happened there. You know, every time I walk in the doors there in that church there, it's just like, man, I, I feel faith here. I do the same thing in this house. I feel faith here this morning. Amen? 
But there's some churches I preached in, and I preached the same message, or, or you know, kind of according to the lines there, preach on faith, preach on healing, and have words of knowledge, and, and nobody gets healed. And I said, I asked God yesterday, I said, you know, why is that, God? You know, I believe every house will be full of faith. But, you know, there's some pastors have never broken up the fallow ground. You hear what I'm saying? They'll preach all around it because they don't, you know, sometimes they don't want you to get your faith up because they don't want you disappointed. They don't want to, they don't want to tell you a promise because what if it don't happen, you'll get disappointed. You know, last Sunday in uh, Restoration Church, oh, uh, we started, I started flowing the words of knowledge about five, six years ago on a regular basis. Louie has too. And, you know, sometimes God gives us a vision. Uh, sometimes God does very unusual things through words of knowledge. I was at Powerhouse Church this spring and preached down there in Orlando. And, and I, I just saw, like I'm looking at an exit sign, I just saw this right before me. And this is probably not the right numbers, but I'll use it today. I saw 623.93. So I said, there, is 623.93 relevant to anybody here today? This guy is first-time visitor there, never saw him before. Tall, slim, young guy in his 20s and had a full beard. He stands up with a big smile on his face. He said, that's my birthday, June the 23rd, 1993. I said, well, come down here. And I thought, well, you know, God's going to tell me uh, – very prophetic word for him, a word of knowledge uh, that he's being healed of stomach cancer or something like that. And he gets down there, and I just hear God saying, just tell him that he's special to me, and that's why I gave you that date. And I don't know what it meant to him, but I know one thing. He was there every Sunday after, and a lot of times brought visitors with him. And he started bringing the Bible and started taking notes. So I, th- I think he got his bell rang. Amen? But last Sunday, um, Luann, she... The first word she had was, there's, some, there's somebody here that you have brain fog. And I don't know what brain fog is. She said, operating every day, but that's just me. <laughs> I don't remember the honeydews. <laughs> you have brain fog, and it's because you had COVID. Well, as soon as she said that, this lady pops up and comes down the front. And uh, she said, that's me. She said, ever since I've had COVID, I just can't remember things. I don't know what I'm fixing to do and all. And since so bad, in fact, my teenage son just told me this week, said, Mom, it's like you got the brain of a goldfish. God healed her. Amen. Amen. I had a word, and I hope this lady's here. She told me she's coming to camp meeting. I can't remember. In fact, I didn't even get her name. But a um, young lady, probably in her mid-30s, <laughs> I'm bad on age. And oh, everybody looks young. And I, I said, I, God just told me there's someone here that you have a, a throat condition and you can't swallow. If that's you, God's healing you right now. This lady, man, she just nearly run the front. And she said, I have this horrible burning in my throat right now. It's been going on for months. And she says, it's not just indigestion. It, it, it's something else. And she said, sometimes when I try to swallow, I can't get the food down. In fact, it worked the other day. So I worked in a nursing home. They had to do the Heimlich remover on me to get the food back out. And she says, and all of a sudden she said, wow, that burning sensation's gone. 
I had a, another word from a, I said, there's someone here that you're having severe pain right now in your lower back. If that's you come down, this lady come from all the way from the back there. I said, what's your problem? She said, I've got a degenerative oh, disc disease. And she said, terrible pain. I said, how much? She said, over 10. I always ask people, what's your pain level? Because I want you to see it's been, been removed. And sometimes they go from 10 to 3, and I said, that's not good enough. You know, God never heals halfway, partway. So we'll stick with you. Amen? So I said, um, I just laid hands on her. I said, God, just let your word right now penetrate every nerve, every disc, every joint, every muscle, every tendon, your body right now. In Jesus' name, bring healing to it. See, I quit praying for people long ago because I found out Jesus didn't pray for people. See, your religious mind said, oh, he prayed for everybody. No, he didn't. Find me one place where he prayed for somebody to get healed. Come on. He didn't pray for people. He didn't tell his disciples to pray for people. He said, heal the sick. Heal the sick. If we never learn how to operate like Jesus operated, you know, Oral Roberts told me that day when he was in his home, he said, he said he's a Baptist pastor for years and years. He said, he said, nothing ever happened. He said, I got so depressed I was ready to quit. And he said, God told me to read the Gospels through every day for like six weeks or something like that. He said, all of a sudden, I think in Matthew chapter 4, it said that uh, Jesus preached, or Jesus taught, Jesus preached, and Jesus healed. All kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. He said, so I thought I'd just start doing what Jesus did. I'd teach the Word of God. I'd preach the Word of God, and I'd just heal people. Amen? Well, see, that just makes you feel, well, I'm just a human being. I'm not God. You're not. If God don't change my direction, I'm going to preach this and camp me, that you have the mind of Christ. If you can ever get the mind of Christ, you'll start living and operating differently because you'll see who you are in Christ, what you can do through Christ. Amen? Come on. Don't miss camp meeting. That's fourth plug. Amen? <laughs> All right. So, anyways, I, I said, can you touch your toes? She said, I haven't been able to do that for years since this pain started. I said, just do it right now. She bent over like this. Tears started running down there. Not pain, but joy. A lady came up to me right out of church there. And I recognized her, but I, I forgot the circumstance. And she said, Pastor, do you remember the first time you preached in this church? And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, do you remember you had a word of knowledge about somebody in a, was in a bad car wreck years and years ago? He's involved with a, with a light-colored pickup. That's what God said. There's somebody been here in a light-colored pickup and uh, had a major accident, major back injury. Well, God's healing you right now. Guess how many people, five, responded to that? In a smaller church, more than this. Five people came down. And I asked me, was you involved in a wreck in a, a light-colored pickup? Yes, I was when I was a teenager. Were you? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Yes, was. I said, all right, oh, God's healed you. Or he wouldn't give me that word. Touch your toes. I get to her. She's got this big, funny grin on her face. She says, don't you ask me to touch my toes. You know what I said? Touch your toes. I mean, it just came out of me. The devil didn't make me do it. The spirit did. Amen. I said, touch your toes. 
She got, she was crying and laughing at the same time. And I said, oh, that's about five years ago. How's your pain? She said, I ain't had any pain since. Amen? Amen. You know, I was in a church in Houston, Texas one time, and I'm going to church right in the back seat with Pastor Ryan Trice, and I hear, I'm trying to listen to him, but I'm trying to listen to God too because I'm preaching that night. And I, I hear God say, I'm healing someone with C3. So I, I thought, what's C3? Is that, I know there's some kind of explosive C something. Is that what it is? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'm talking about. And so, and then the deal, I said, you know, somebody's getting healed with C3. And this guy pops up and he comes in the front. He said, that's me. He said, I got extreme pain. I, Wait, I don't have no pain. He said, I'm a medical doctor, but I had a fractured C3. <laughs> and I just didn't have time to get it fixed. But he said, there ain't no pain now. Three other people came down healed of C3s. I don't know where C3 is, but somewhere between your shoulders and your head, I guess. I don't know. It don't make no difference to me. I, I'm just a messenger boy. Amen? God's good. You know, I can go on and on about, you know, people getting healed just instantly over the word of knowledge. You know, what did all these people have in common? One thing is they responded with faith. You see, I think a response is faith. I had a guy one time in this church right here was sitting back there, and, and on Wednesday night, I, I said, someone just got healed. You, you, for years, you haven't been able to breathe out of the right side of your nose. Uh, if, if that's you, come down. God's healed you. Guy comes down. He says, I can breathe now. I, went like, I can breathe now. I can breathe now. He said, I got this thing broken, a horse accident years and years and years ago, and I hadn't been able to breathe out of this side. But he said, I can breathe freely now. See, that's why we have the gifts. Thank God, pastors have been teaching on the gifts. Get into the gifts. In Powerhouse Church this spring, uh, oh, had a very unusual word from God. I heard God say that there's someone here with an eating disorder since birth. I said, you're intolerant to some foods. And I said, I want you to know that God's healed you. That's you to stand up. Well, that particular morning, there was a group from Youth with a Mission there, and there's about 10 or 12 kids there, teenagers. And this one girl stands up, and she comes down, and she says, that's me. She said, ever since I've been born, I've been intolerant to dairy products and meat. And I said, well, dairy products are okay, but it's a devil if you can't eat steak. <laughs> I didn't really say that. And I said, I, I, said, I believe you're healed. Do you believe you're healed? Your faith. Well, every Sunday morning they have testimony. They came back the next week, and on Sunday morning she's one of the first ones down, and she said, you know, uh, this cowboy had a word that uh, someone's getting healed of an eating disorder. And uh, that was me. And she says, well, I thought I'd just try it out. After church, I went down and had steak and ice cream. It felt so good and tasted so good I did it the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. She said, I, found, I love steak and ice cream. Amen. These all had the same thing in common. It just responded by faith. In Mark 5, 27, it says, when she heard about Jesus. Did you notice it didn't say she heard Jesus preach? She didn't hear Jesus speak. She's heard about him. You know, your testimony is powerful. That's why you need a testimony, not just one, oh, well, pastor, 20 years ago when I went to church, and I got healed of asthma. 
But since then, I've had heart conditions and cancer and rheumatism and arthritis. You know, you need a fresh testimony every day. Amen? What God, God, God's doing something. I mean, get in the doing part. Amen? Because your testimony will, will help somebody. When we were in Uganda three years ago, well, uh, people were getting healed of everything. I mean, everything. Pastor Henry, the pastor, in fact, I got it on oh, my video, I got on my photos. I got a video of testimony. His name is, um, went blank, Nathan. His dad's Nathan. I led him to the Lord 10 years before that, Nathan. And Nathan came down. I didn't recognize him because I hadn't seen him in 10 years. And uh, he said, Pastor, would you pray for me? So I lost my eyesight. And I looked at his right eye. His right eye was white, no pupil. And so I just laid my hands on him. I said, Nathan, I just declare you healed in Jesus' name. I didn't see anything happen then. But about two days later, he, he said, I want you to come to the villages. He lived way out in the bush. So we went out there in the bush, and he had, uh, we went from house to house and village to village, and people getting healed. Lady got up and walked. I mean, just miracle after miracle after miracle. But before we did, we stopped at Nathan's house, and I noticed there's something different about him. He now has a pupil in his right eye. Created a miracle. Amen? He said, Pastor, he said, when I, got, when I left church here, I started to see. And I can see things clearly. I said, close your, put your hand on his eye and tell me what you see. He said, I, I see a house over on top of that mountain over there. I see a cow right over there. Miracles. Well, I told everybody on, on that Sunday morning, I said, you know, um, invite somebody to church that needs healed. Well, there's a, one of the leaders named Steve, he just took that literally. And, so he had this little neighbor boy, 12, 13 years old. He's a Muslim. His name was Eon, or I-A-N, or how pronounced that, but Eon. And he said, you know, uh, come to church with me because people are getting healed. He, see, this little boy, he's born blind. He didn't go blind. He was born blind. Never saw anything in his life. And uh, he brought him to church that Sunday night. Guess what? Eon saw for the very first time Sunday night. Got healed. Amen. So she'd heard, see, she, he heard Nathan's, or heard his testimony about Nathan. He uh, had a little girl this week, or last week, it's this first week, uh, sent me a message, and uh, she said, uh, Pastor, do you remember me? Her name was Latifah. I thought, I don't know anybody named Latifah. I thought it's one of these scam deals or some kind of deal. You know, I get, I get weird stuff all the time. I, I attract weird people. And I thought, this is... <laughs> Don't say you're attracted to me. <laughs> Skip that one. Anyways, I just responded to her. I thought, well, I need to respond to her. And she said, Pastor, you know, uh, when you were here last time, and she's like 12 years old at the time, she said, I had a broken foot. Couldn't put any weight on it. Hadn't cast. Wrapped up. And I came down to the altar, and you, you laid hands on me, and, and I got healed immediately, immediately. In fact, she... We had her take the cat, cat wrap off. I said, put your weight on the, that foot, and she did. She went like this. I said, walk. She walked without a limp. I said, can you put your foot on stage and pull yourself up? So she put her bad foot, her heel foot, up first, which had all the weight of her entire body, and stepped on up. And because of that, she said, I was thinking about you. And, oh, uh, 
Would you pray for my mother? She needs healing. Amen? When she heard about Jesus, see, uh, what's so unusual about this miracle, I think, is, is that basically if you read it, you know, Jesus didn't really get involved. Oh, uh, She didn't ask for him. She didn't say, Jesus, would you lay hands on me? She didn't do anything except go to him. You know, she, in fact, Jesus, he wasn't even aware that she was there. Because he said, I felt somebody touch me. I felt the power go out. Come on, I felt the anointing leave. Some, amen? And um, in fact, I don't think he saw her. Yet something happened to her that her crying and her pity and her uh, disappointments and failures and, and anger and whatever it was, that uh, even spending all of her money that nobody could resolve, she just knew, I just know she got healed. Amen? I think when you use your faith, Jesus recognizes it. And it connects with his faith. And you become, you know, we think about Matthew 18, 19, if two on earth agree, such thing, such thing it shall be done. You know, I, I believe you can get in, in agreement with the Holy Spirit. I believe you get in agreement with the Holy Spirit. So if all your word says, I am the healed, I am the redeemed. I agree that you heal me. I agree that you deliver me. I agree you set me free. See, when she heard, she said, if I can touch his garment, if I can touch his garment, I will be healed. Sometimes you have to tell yourself what you want. And sometimes you got to remind yourself what you don't want. God told Job this. You know, Job went through a bad thing, but at the very end, I think verse chapter 26, something like that, Job's, or God says, Job, if you declare a thing, I will establish it. You declare something. Let me just put it in Ty Jones's interpretation, all right? When, it, when you make an authority, authoritative proclamation, see, that's a declaration. When you make an authoritative proclamation of faith about anything, it becomes a permanent fixture in your life. Come on. Let me just back up just a second. You're creating the image of God, and, and Jesus gave you all authority on this earth. Amen? So your words carry authority. James said, uh, there's power and death in the power of the tongue. Proverbs says that. Your tongue is like a, like a rudder. It controls your life. Because you, you, when your words come out, the enemy and the angels, they see faith coming out. They see fear coming out. They hear those, those words. And he said, so when you make an authoritative proclamation of faith about anything, it becomes a permanent fix in your life. See, established means it's set up in your life. So begin to declare how you want to feel instead of how you feel. Begin to declare what you've sown is coming back. Come on. You know, when you're believing God for something, it must align with what you're saying. Remember in, in uh, Mark chapter 11, when Jesus cursed the fig tree, and they said, how'd you do that? He says, have the faith of God or have faith in God. You know, if you read that out in the, in the Greek, which New Testament, you don't say have faith in God. You know, even the devils have faith in God. You know what it says in the Greek? It says, have the faith of God. Have the faith of God. He said, if you have the faith of God, come on, 
you will say unto this mountain, be thou removed. He's not talking about a literal mountain. You got a situation in your life, you can speak to that situation. You will speak to this mountain and not doubt in your heart. See, doubt is the opposite of faith. Doubt is not believing. It's unbelief. He said, if you will say to it and not doubt in your heart, but you will believe those things that you say. Come on. That's very important. But believe those things you say. See, you have a lot of, it's easy to believe things you don't want to say, but you say them anyways. I'm so broke, I can't pay attention. You believe that. The flu's coming around, I'm going to catch you. You believe that. Come on. You extend your faith. But believe those things that you say. Now, I'm not trying to be critical about somebody, but there's, I've heard people over the years make good confessions, confessing the Word of God, but then it's not happening in their life. Why? Because they're saying it. It's like, a, it's like a puppet. They're saying the Word, but the Word ain't happening. I've given, but it ain't coming back. I am the healed and redeemed, but they're sicker than a dog. Come on. You got to believe what you're, Jesus said, you got to believe what you're saying. If you believe what you're saying, those things he says, whatever he says will be done. See, you build yourself up in faith by hearing the word and confessing the word of God. I believe faith believes more that it will happen than it won't happen. Did you hear what I said? Faith believes more is going to happen than it ain't going to happen. He says, she said, if I can touch his hope, his clothes, I will be healed. You know, if is a big word, two letters, but it's a big, it's a huge word. Here's what God showed me about this. He said, her if became her goal. If I can touch his garment, I will be healed. That's my goal to get healed. But if I can touch it. But see, most of you, your if becomes your barrier. If I had more money, if I had more anointing, if I felt better, if I was younger, if I was more educated, if I was the right color, come on. See, your if is your barrier. Your if should be your goal. Come on. Faith responds. Faith says this in James chapter 2, verse 17. Faith that doesn't involve action is dead. See, with, Peter stepped out in faith. It's impossible to walk on water. I got a good friend, rodeo cowboy, at a Tucson rodeo. Tried it, not once, but twice. It didn't work for him like Peter. I think God he tried. See, most of you wouldn't try it. You've been like the other 11 in the boat. You stayed in the boat. Come on. Be honest. You would have. Because you said, that's impossible. I can't believe that. I can't see that. See, faith takes response. I've always said this for years and years and years. It takes an action on your part to bring a reaction on God's part. See, you've been waiting on God to move or do something in your life. You've been waiting and waiting to get healed. You've been waiting and waiting to get blessed financially. You've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and nothing's happening. Why? Because God's already done it for you. You already got healed. You already got saved. You already got delivered. And you're waiting on God, and God said, I've already done it. You just, it just takes a reaction on your part. You can't get saved without 
a response. I mean, there's, right now there's probably a thousand people just died that's going to hell. It's not God's will that anybody go to hell. We know that. How come we went to hell? They didn't respond to it. They had a chance. They had an opportunity. There's always an opportunity to get saved, but it takes action on your part. You got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Come on. Believe in your heart and confess. That's an action. You can say, well, Pastor, I, I'm, I'm waiting on my ship to come in so I can start giving to the church. Well, honey, you might as well leave the port because it ain't coming in like that. You got to cast your bread on the water. Come on. You got to sow some seed. You can look at that garden every day and you, your, your corn ain't coming up till you put some seed in the ground. You got to do something. She did what she had to do to release her faith. See, how you respond to the word will determine your outcome. Jesus said, because you dared to believe, I love that. That's the other passage. Your faith has healed you. I'm encouraging you here today to, to believe with your faith. Believe God for something today. Leave here and begin to believe God for your marriage, your home, your kids, your finances, your job, whatever you want to. Believe God for something. Believe God that your, your youth is being, come on, I believe this every day. That's why I look like I'm 23. Well, I know it's working because I still act like I'm 16. Come on. I may look old, but I ain't feeling old. My youth is being renewed, I guarantee you. I like nine inches making hole in one yesterday. Come on. Won 250 bucks. My youth is being renewed. <laughs> my hair ain't, but my everything else is. Hearing's important. Thank God that you're in church this morning. Thank God you go to church. and Thank God you go to Wednesday night services and and conferences and come to, come to camp me. That's the fifth time. Come on. That's got to be prophetic to somebody. All right? It's good to be in the Word because the Word is alive and the Word has faith in it. Come on. But just hearing the Word, you know, uh, I know Romans says this, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I, I know my wife's raising her eyebrows at me right now. We got one conflict in marriage, and this is this scripture right here. And pretty soon she's going to get the revelation of it. And she's going to have a Holy Ghost fit and you're going to watch her dance out here. She said, I got it. <laughs> I know people's heard it. For, I know some of y'all have heard it and 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 heard it. And you ain't no different than you were 20 years ago. You're still defeated. Come on. Throw a rock at me if you got any. Be careful. <laughs> You're still defeated. You hear the word and hear the word and hear the word about victory, victory in Jesus. You're more than a conqueror. You have an abundant life, but you live in a very defeated life. Come on. Be honest. Ain't going to make you raise your hand and come to the altar. Come on. There's some of you just as broke or broken and we started coming to church. There's some of you just sick all the time. And you're hearing the word and hearing the word, hearing the word. You've heard faith preached from me. You've heard great messages from Pastor Travis. You've been to camp me, but you ain't changed one idol. Hebrews 4 says, the word that was preached did not profit them. Why? Because it wasn't mixed with faith. It wasn't mixed with faith. 
See, hearing with faith produces revelation. I remember the first time I heard about financial prosperity, and I'm not taking up an offering today. When I heard that, I thought, that sounds good to me. And I began to sow with faith. We sow, every time we sow, we sow with faith. We expect a return. See, I got a revelation. I got a revelation. There's times when we first start our business. I mean, we started in God overnight, and God began to bless us. But there's one, a couple of times in there that we had to give our way out. Come on. Wasn't nothing coming in, but we started giving. Because I had faith what seed does. If I don't plant seed, ain't nothing coming up. Hearing with faith produces revelation. Revelation will always do this. When you get revelation, see, Luann got a revelation that she could be a, be a mother of children, keeper of the house. And that's what she wants to do. She wants to be a keeper of the house. I wish she'd just start being for a housekeeper. <laughs> you don't agree with that? Then she could play more golf. When, when you get the revelation of something, see, it'll, it'll always bring a manifestation. Hearing first with faith. Revelation second, then manifestation. Faith is just simply trusting, absolute trust. Any area of your life that causes you to fear or worry, I know there's some of you are fearful about something. I hate fear. I hate, I detest fear. I hate COVID. It just, it irritates the poop out of me. Fear. You know, when COVID hit, you know, I, oh, I'll be honest, we hadn't had any vaccinations. Yes, you can still hug me. I ain't going to get one. That's why I'm not in Africa right now because I refuse to get vaccinated. Come on. I ain't, I ain't belittling if you had the vaccine. Come on. I, that's, that's okay. I remember Pastor Luann say, you know, we, at first camp meeting is, you know, or, or first camp, start back church here. You know, if your faith is to wear a mask, wear a mask, but we ain't wearing masks ourselves. You know, I think it's kind of stupid <laughs> when you're supposed to bring the sick to the elders of the church. But all of a sudden, because of COVID, keep them at home. Watch this on TV. There's a church right down the street that said that. Don't come to church. Watch this on TV. Come on. I'm sure I'll get a letter this week from somebody. I, I mean, that's the best place to be. We, we were at, at Ken Copeland's convention one year, years ago. I hate clocks. I got time. Years ago, and we stayed plumb across town by the Galleria because my wife likes to shop. The convention is at, uh, Believer's Convention is at the um, Fort Worth Coliseum, downtown Fort Worth, miles away. Luann gets out of bed, and her neck is in terrible, terrible pain. I mean, she doesn't cry often with pain, but she was crying. And she told me about how bad it was. I said, well, honey, we can just stay home today, not go. She said, no. If you'll get me another word, I'll know I'll get healed. Well, we'd just been in the ranch also, and I got up in the middle of the night because I heard rain falling. You do that when you're a cowboy at the ranch. 
So I jump and run out there and I stub my toe on a big old heavy couch, break my little toe. It's about this big. In fact, we went from there to play golf at the Broadmoor, a very exclusive place. I took my expensive golf shoes and cut the side out. My little toe hung over. It may not, it may look ugly, but I played golf, honey. So I ordered a brand new pair of boots. And I told the guy, I said, just ship them to the certain hotel downtown Fort Worth. We get up, and she said, I want to go. Get me on the word, and I'll get healed. Well, I'm limping around like this, you know. So okay. So she gets her makeup on as best as possible. We get in the car, and I literally had to hold her back of her head while I drove across Dallas and across Fort Worth. And we get there a little bit late, and she just kept saying, I said, you want to turn around and go back? She said, no, just get me on the word, and I'll get healed. And so we, we get up there, and all the parking places are gone. And I see two handicapped parking. I said, <laughs> I said, do you think it would be a breach of our faith we parked in handicap? She said, don't you dare park in handicap. I said, I want an alternative. It's the third story of that parking garage right there. She said, I'll walk down the stairs before I park in handicap. Come on. That's faith. That's faith. Come on. It took courage to do that. We walked down them stairs. I'm holding her neck. And as soon as we walk in the Coliseum, they got praise and worship going on. And she gets healed. Guess what else? Who else got healed? Amen? I, I went back to that hotel, put on a brand new pair of boots. My toe was down. Amen? Takes courage to get healed. See, anywhere you don't have faith, or in places that you have fear or worry, you don't have faith there. If you're worrying about your finances, you don't have faith for your finances. If you're worried about your health today, you ain't got faith. If you're fearful about something, you ain't got, you ain't got faith. Because faith sees, faith hears, and faith says the things you desire. But fear does the very opposite. Fear sees. Fear hears. Fear says the things you dread. Jesus said, all things are possible if you believe. See, there, there's, it says, he's talking about your faith. 1 John 5, 14 was one of my favorite scriptures. It says this, this is the confidence we have in God. See, if you be honest with yourself, there's some area in your life you don't have confidence of God. You never started tithing because you don't have confidence. You, you never try to believe God for something because you don't have confidence. See, confidence means you got absolutely trust. God, I'm going to sink or you're going to keep me on top of the water. I'm going under unless you, you help me. I'm going to die unless you. That's confidence. This is the confidence that we have in him, God, Jesus. That if we ask anything, come on, watch anything. That is anything that's in the will of God. Now, certain things outside the will of God, God ain't going to hear you. But he said, if you ask anything according to my will, I, I, I think increase is part of God's will. I think healing is part of God's will. I think a long, satisfied life is God's will. I think abundant life is God's will. Come on. I think you ask anything according to his promises or yes and amen. He's giving you all the promises that pertain to life and godliness. That you be a what? Come on, watch out here. I'm going to mess a Baptist mind up right now. That you might become partakers. Come on. I'm going to preach this Thursday. Whenever I preach, partakers, come on. What's your partaker? If I cook a steak, you're going to be a partaker of it. Come on. Partakers of what? His divine nature. 
Did you? Oh, Lord. I'm going to have me a Holy Ghost fit right now. I, I got revelation that. He's given me all things, you all things that pertain to life. Everything pertains to life. Why worry about Jesus? Said. And that you might become partakers, not of Pastor Travis's divine nature, my divine nature, but his divine nature. Ooh. You know, that's why in Psalms chapter 8, when the angels saw Adam for the first time, the angels in heaven saw God, angels for the first time, Adam for the first time, said, who is this that looks like God? It wasn't his looks. It was his attributes. It was his authority. It was his dominion. It was his faith. Come on. He's given you all things that pertain to his divine nature. Lord have mercy, help me. I've got eight minutes. I can do it. This is confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and it gives us what we ask for. It takes confidence. Come on, folks. You've got to pray with confidence. You've got to believe with confidence. See, your level of confidence in him, in him will never exceed the level, see, of your intimacy with him. If he's a Sunday morning God to you, that's not being very intimate. He's got to be a Monday morning, Monday noontime, Monday afternoon. Intimacy is you spend time with him that you know him. And when you know somebody, come on. I, I may not have confidence in you now, but you let me spend time with you. I, I've known Don Monosco and where he is. I've known Don for years and years and years. He's one of the first members of this church before we moved over. I mean, we got Lucy and they were first members. Shorty was too. But oh, in the building here. I've got, Don tells me something, I've got confidence in him. Now some of you tell me something, say, Pastor, I'm coming to camp me. I don't have no confidence in you. <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. You just saying that to make me happy. Come on. But Don said, I'm coming to camp meeting. I guarantee you, hell and high water you're going to keep him away from camp meeting. Come on. Why? I got confidence. See, you don't have confidence because you've never been intimate with him. You ain't ever got to know God on a personal, one-on-one, -on -one personal relationship basis. Faith is confidence expectation. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for. Hope for. See, hope sees. You know, you can't have faith without hope. You know, reason you've gone to there, you know, I love the Ugandan people. We have, oh, they got churches everywhere. Kampala is a huge multi-million dollar city. There's, there's churches everywhere, all kinds of churches. The people are very godly. In fact, they look happier in Jesus than some of y'all do. They do. I mean, they're very open about their faith. They talk to you about your faith. You go to the grocery store. They, they, you know Jesus. You go to church anywhere. I mean, they're very open about it. They love God with all their heart and all their soul. They have, they have meetings all the time. They, every Friday night, they have a, oh, our church has an all-night praise service. You get off work, you go to AOL Kampala, and, and you stay in there until the next morning. They, they have, uh, once a month, they have all-night service. I preached in the National Stadium there one time on New Year's Eve at, at midnight. There was over 75,000 people there that got there at 6 o'clock at night, didn't leave till 6 o'clock in the morning. 
God moves in that kind of midst. People get saved. And I look around and see how, you know, how much they, outwardly they love God. And I, and I look around their, their lives and I think, man, God, average age is in the late 30s. You know, age, average wage is less than a dollar an hour. Everybody's broke, you know. They got a lot of natural resources there. They don't know about tithing and giving there. They don't know about increase and believing God for things. And I look at their living conditions, living in these huts and these mud houses, no electricity, no running wire, no um, restrooms. And I, I say, God, they love you so much. In fact, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, God, they, love, they seem to love you more than our people in America. And I said, how come they're not blessed like we are here in America? And he says, I heard this very clearly. He says, because they have no hope. They have no hope. See, hope is, hope is big. You know, sometimes hope gets lost in the crowd. Here, Jesus right in the midst there, I mean, he was hidden from, from her. But she was determined to get through whatever it took to get through. You know, sometimes your, your hope gets lost in the crowd. The crowd of what you see. The crowd of what you hear. The crowd of what you feel. The crowd of your past failures. You know, despite how she felt or what, she said, if I can just get to him, if I can just touch his garment, I know I'll be healed. You know, you can't have faith without hope because without hope, faith has nothing to work for. And that's when I heard that, you know, we weren't seeing people get healed when I was there the first time in Africa. Well, a few, but not very many. Uh, we didn't see many people getting healed the first few nights of meetings there. And when God told me they have no hope, I started preaching on hope. And all of a sudden, you know, I heard God say this, you know, that they have a lot of hope for their eternal salvation. They, they believe that when they die, they're going to heaven. And that's all their hope is. They don't have hope of living a good life here. They have no hope of it, living an abundant life here. They don't have a hope of getting healed. They don't have hope to have a successful business or having a good family. They don't have this hope. And so I began to preach on hope. Here's a scripture God gave me. I'm going to close with it. Romans 15, 13. Paul says, I pray that God, the source of hope, the source of hope. I mean, that's where ever, ever hopeful thought, ever hopeful mindset, the source. See, rivers have a source. They've got to have a beginning somewhere. It says that God is a source of all hope. That he, here's a prayer he is, that the God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. See, I, I want to tell you today, if you don't have joy about your situation, you don't have any hope. Because even though you're in the midst of your situation, even though you're in the middle of a storm, if you got hope of getting out, see, God didn't promise you that, that there wouldn't be any storms, but he promised I'll get you to the other side. See, if you don't have, if you don't have joy, if you... If you're worried about tomorrow, you, you have no peace it's just because you don't have any hope. It says, He will fill you complete with joy because you trust in Him. What if you don't trust in Him? You're not going to have joy. 
You're not going to have peace. And it says, then you will overflow. I love that. This is how Lou Living Testament. Overflow. I mean, what's overflow? It means when you pour water in a pitcher, it just runs over. Over and over. It's your overflow with confident hope. See, God never sees anything except hope for your situation. You just need to have hope. When I begin to preach that hope deal, that's when blind eyes begin to happen, open. That's when the cripple begin to walk. That's when miracles after miracle, every, every session, we saw mighty, mighty miracles. We go in the villages. We saw miracles. We saw miracles. God's still in the miracle business. Your faith, your faith. See, that's just, that's just to believe in. You know, sometimes we have to put a little our faith in the fire to make the fire get a little warmer. I remember, I think it's last spring, was maybe a couple times ago I was in the Restoration Church. And we had a two-night session. We had a leadership deal one night, and I preached the next morning. And I, I looked down, and there was a lady sitting on the front row there, big lady. She was sitting in a wheelchair, and black lady. And I just walked over, and I said, honey, what? I come in a wheelchair, she says, because I can't walk. And I says, I believe you can. Do you believe you can? Big old smile came on her face. I believe I can. Why? Because my words gave her hope. My words gave her hope. She's got up. We walked across the front. Walked across the front. Walked back across the front. Next morning she came to church, and I don't know why in the world she came in a wheelchair again because I saw her get healed. And I walked over to her, and, and praise and worship was going on. I ain't even started preaching yet. I walked over to her, and I says, I says, honey, can you dance? She said, no, so I can't dance. I said, I believe you can. You want to try? I do want to try. I said, well, let's go for it. She gets up. I mean, she dances, and I dance with her. We dance. See, hope is powerful. The opposite of it is hopelessness. See, some of y'all don't have any hope today. I read this story years ago about in World War II, there was a German submarine off the coast of the East Coast. I don't know if they were coming to attack or they were just doing surveillance or spying or whatever, but they had, had 12 men on board. There's a 12 in there. I believe God's saying something perfectly. Somebody about 12 today. It's 12, 12 something relevant to somebody here today. 12th anniversary? Maybe not. Anyways, um, they lost power or something. They, they couldn't come back up, and they was in a very, very deep part of the ocean. And they could communicate with Morse code. And they kept telling them, you know, uh, we're coming after you. We're going to do this. They couldn't figure out how to get down there to it, as deep as it was. And so the last message they heard was, oh, uh, We've lost all hope. We've lost all hope. And when they finally got to the submarine, all 12 men had died. Sad story, but you know, we see a lot of sad stories around Amarillo. 
Every time you stop at a corner, there's somebody without any hope. That's not God's plan for them. There's people here today you have no hope. But I want to tell you today, the God of hope, the source of hope, is here to give you hope. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.